Well, it was a crazy week three in the NFL. Hello, I'm Anthony Stalter, and this is 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. Alongside me, as always, is 444.com senior editor John Paulson. John, I imagine after the win yesterday by your Packers, it was, it was, it was hairy. Game came from behind against the Bengals, but I'm, I'm sure you're doing pretty well today after that. I'm doing pretty well. It was a brutal first half, and the one drive where they got a touchdown was kind of a, a little bit of a gift because they got a a pass interference call, a questionable one on Pac-Man Jones. And so the, the first half was brutal, but they came out in the second half and looked like a real, like a real NFL football team, which is great. I, I imagine that you were sweating it there, uh, with the Detroit Lions. I thought they, I thought they won the game. And then I, I guess they overturned that last touchdown. Yeah, I think it was the right call, but uh, Josh Moore, who is our, our, our big boss at 44.com, he's from Detroit. He's a Lions fan. I'm sure just like many Lions fans, John, a lot of people are, a lot of Lions fans are ticked off today about the rule. Uh, I, I think it was the right call, but a lot of people are like, why, why is that in place anyways where there's a 10 second runoff? And I'll be honest, I don't blame them. If, if it was the other side, I'd be ticked too that the Falcons didn't get another shot. So, uh, I thought the Falcons outplayed the Lions outside of the three turnovers that kind of kept the Lions in it. But either way, I don't, I don't think that Detroit fans, um, you know, are at fault for complaining today. So, but, I digress. We'll move on. We'll go over key week three injuries that could impact your fantasy lineups moving forward. We'll break down the latest RBBC situations around the league. We do that on Mondays. Plus, we'll get some waiver wire pickups and we'll preview Monday night's game between the Cowboys and Cardinals. But before we do any of that, John, tell us about the music that brought us in today. Yeah, today's uh, kind of a special selection because uh, we unfortunately lost the singer uh, on Saturday to uh, battle with cancer. Uh, Charles Bradley um, died on Saturday, and uh, the track is uh, The World is Going Up in Flames. It's off of his uh, 2011 album, No Time for Dreaming. Uh, great soul singer. He was discovered uh, in the early 2000s as he was performing as a James Brown like tribute band as a, as a singer he would he would sing james james brown covers and uh a record exec found him and discovered him uh and uh turned into a pretty good career late in his life and uh, unfortunately we lost him on saturday so that's why uh we're going to listen to that uh, on the intro and outro today good uh good tribute for sure all right let's soar through the injuries that impacted week three starting with darren sproll since he's looking at a multi-week injury Sproles is going to have an MRI to today, I believe, Monday, to determine the extent of the damage that he suffered on Sunday. It, it's believed to be a broken arm, and he could be a candidate to have surgery based on that injury. Now, the Eagles have LeGarrette Blunt, but Wendell Smallwood had the same number of carries as Blunt yesterday. That would be 12, and he finished with 71 yards. So my question for you, is Smallwood a must-add for Sproles' owners? Well, just to update... Sproles, uh, it just came out, just broke that, uh, he also tore his ACL Ooh, okay. on Sunday. So he might be, um, this might be it for him, uh, which is a shame. Sproles was, Sproles is one of the most exciting, uh, running backs in the NFL. Uh, obviously a huge PPR asset throughout his entire career. Um, you just remember him tearing it up with the, with the Saints, uh, catching 90, 100 balls uh, from Drew Brees, and he was a PPR uh, nightmare for the opponent. Um, so it looks like he's going to be out for the year. Career may be done, so we'll see on him. Hopefully his uh, recovery goes well. If he decides to come back, great. Uh, if not, it was a great career. Uh, for, for moving on with the, with the Eagles, they had 33 running back carries, which is a lot for 
for Philly. So I wouldn't read too much into, uh, you know, into how much work each one of these guys got. Uh, I looked at what, what happened after, uh, after Sproles went out and, uh, they sort of, they sort of went with a hot hand because Blunt got hot, Blunt got hot for a while and then they, they ran with him for a while and then they turned back when he had, a, he got stuffed on a couple carries. They, they went away from him for like a half a quarter to a quarter and, uh, Smallwood got some work. Uh, Corey Clement got some work. Uh, the only guy here that really catches any passes is Smallwood. So I think in, if you're in a PPR league, Smallwood is the person you probably want to add. Uh, his playing time is probably going to jump the most. Uh, but they, they went from, uh, zero carries for Blunt to 12 this week and he, he was r- running with a purpose. Uh, 12 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Smallwood had 12 carries for 71 yards and then had two targets with one catch. Uh, for nine yards. So, uh, Clement had the, had the rushing touchdown, but that one came from 15 yards out. So I wouldn't read too much into the, into that. I think Blunt's going to be the short yardage guy. Uh, Smallwood probably taking over the Sproles, uh, role. But if he struggles, we'll see Clement. We might see Blunt, you know, more. So it's, it's going to be a, a committee, but in PPR, I think Smallwood's the add. All right. Move on. Moving on to Calvin Benjamin. He's week-to-week due to a sprained knee. Uh, Benjamin's knee looked pretty ugly at, at first glance, but reports are that he avoided any major knee damage. They're, they're likely to be more testing this week, so you got to kind of make sure that you stay on top of Benjamin if you if you do own him. He's uh, somebody that suffered an ACL injury a couple of years ago, so the knee can be tricky for him. What value does Curtis Samuel or Devin Funches have? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I think Funches is startable uh, in, in a pinch in PPR formats, but I mean, he had four catches for 58 yards on 10 targets versus New Orleans, uh, arguably the worst secondary pass defense in the league. I don't think too many people would argue with me on that. So that's not good enough production, uh, I would say, given that workload and that uh, competition playing at home against against the, the Saints. Uh, next week they have New England and they have Detroit. Uh, and then Philadelphia. So the, the secondaries aren't too, uh, dangerous or too nasty, but you're, you're going to get this. You're going to get four for 60 or four for 50. And, you know, maybe you get a touchdown. So you, you're, you're looking at eight to 14, eight to 16 fantasy points, which isn't bad in PPR. Uh, I wouldn't run out and spend a lot of money on Funches, but if you're hurting at receiver, he's a good, a good, uh, depth play. I just want to add that this is the week, uh, starting tomorrow where we're going to, uh, update our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, we've been running with last year's numbers for the first three weeks. We like to get at least three weeks of data, uh, before we, uh, move into 2017 numbers. So once those roll out, uh, fantasy owners, uh, subscribers will have a better idea uh, of how the uh, strength of schedule is shaping up. And of course we, we update those every week as, as uh, the season bear, uh, wears on. Uh, Doug Baldwin, speaking of another wide receiver that suffered an injury yesterday, he's day-to-day with a strained groin. He was on his way to have – well, he was he did have a big game. He was on his way to have an even even bigger game. Uh, but he left the contest against the Titans. He was unable to return due to that groin injury. We'll get a better idea of the severity as the week progresses. But do Paul Richardson or Tyler Lockett intrigue you, especially, John, after Russell Wilson finally broke out? They do. Uh, I think this week they, they both, if, if Baldwin is out, they'll both be, um, in our top 50, maybe even in the top 40 because of the, the matchup with the Colts next week. 
this is at home in Seattle against Indianapolis. If, if Baldwin can't play, uh, then I think Richardson and, and Lockett are, are worth a look and they'll, they'll both be in our sneaky starts column. Two more injury situations that we want to go over. Melvin Gordon's day-to-day with a sprained knee. He seemed to have re-aggravated his knee injury during the game yesterday against the Chiefs, and he was minimally used in the second half. Gordon will likely be limited throughout the week as he tries to recover and get ready for the Chargers next game. But uh, he should be available heading into week four. I just kind of wanted to mention that, John. Any, Any big concerns with Gordon before we move on? Well, uh, we'll, we'll see how he does with the knee. Uh, the, the, the pickup, if you're going to try to capitalize on this is, is Brandon Oliver. He had 12 touches for 34 yards, which is not great. Uh, his career yards per carry is 2.6 on 206 carries, which is also not great. Uh, but he's a versatile back. He can run and, and catch. And if he needs to, uh, uh, run as the starter for a week or two, he'll be, he'll be usable in a 15 to 20 catch, uh, type workload. And then Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, we also wanted to mention reports came out during the game that Henry had suffered a thigh bruise as, as to why uh, Murray got touches, uh, more touches in the, in the first half. And we kind of talked about DeMarco Murray getting in the mix more on Friday. You talked about ranking him maybe a little higher, John. Uh, Henry stayed in the game, so it doesn't look like that's going to be too serious, but keep an eye on his practice status this week. Do you, do you, after watching DeMarco Murray and him having another chance to kind of, um, you know, get get more touches yesterday, John. Do you, do you like him moving forward? Well, Murray, uh, you know, maybe we were a little too quick to uh, put him out to pasture. Uh, he had the 75-yard touchdown. I think it was 75-yard touchdown run. Uh, he got the first carry and uh, got the start, and then Henry got it going uh, in the third quarter. I think he uh, missed some time before that, but he had nine carries for 60 yards after half. Uh, Murray had six carries for 91 yards, including that long touchdown run after half. So I think we're, I don't, I wouldn't say we're back to where we were at the start of the year. I mean, if Murray can't stay healthy or is constantly on the injury report, then I think Henry's going to be moving up here in terms of snap share and, and workload. But if he's able to play, then they're going to, it looks like they're going to just consider him as a starter lead back and then use Henry and, and maybe more of a 50, 50 split as opposed to a 65, 35 split. Let's sort through the latest RBBC situations around the league. We'll start off in Chicago. Jordan Howard left Sunday's game against the Steelers multiple times but was able to return, and he produced the game-winning touchdown after it looked like Tariq Cohen had won, had won it for the Bears in overtime. Here's the final numbers. Howard finished with 23 carries for 138 yards. He also had two touchdowns. He caught five passes for a team-high 26 yards on five targets. Cohen had another productive day, 78 yards on 12 carries. He also caught four passes for 24 yards. Here's the question. Given how depleted Chicago's wide receiver core is, are both Howard and Cohen weekly fantasy starts, John, of course, depending on their health? Yeah, I mean, Howard had a rough – I mean, he had a touchdown the first week and then a rough week two and came back with a vengeance this week. And I think he's sort of back to his uh, RB1 status – uh, the Bears do have a good offensive line. Uh, if they're able to stay in the game, uh, like they did, uh, against the Steelers, uh, like if you, if you watched, I don't know if you watched the start of the game, but Ben Roethlisberger would just missed, um, Martavis Bryant and would, would have been a 75 yard touchdown pass. He overthrew him by about a yard or a couple feet. Um, so that might have changed the course of this game, but the, the Bears were able to stay, uh, 
uh, in it and, st- and keep the lead. And that kept uh, Howard's workload. Uh, I don't think that even if they are down by a touchdown, they're going to move away too much from the running backs. I mean, I, I was looking at their targets. Uh, Chicago wide receivers accounted for four of Mike Glennon's 22 targets on, on Sunday. Wow. I mean, that is incredibly low. Uh, Kendall Wright had a goose egg. Uh, Marcus Wheaton came back and played, I think, more snaps than Kendall Wright. Uh, Deontay Thompson was the number one snap getter at the receiver position for, for the Bears, I believe. So uh, the three most targeted Bears were Howard with five, Cohen with four, and Benny Cunningham with three. So if that tells you what the Bears' offense looks like uh, at all, it, it is very running back-centric. I think both players um, are going to be startable. They're, they're running Cohen out there with Howard. Uh, Cohen's basically running out and playing in the slot. He's in motion a lot. Uh, they're targeting quite a bit. He had a would-be uh, touchdown run in, uh, in overtime that would have really made his day look even better. I think he scored about 14 points in PPR formats, but it could have been uh, 25 had that run stood, but apparently he stepped out of bounds. Um, and then Howard got the, uh, the game-winning touchdown run. Let's move on to Seattle. Chris Carson led the Seahawks in rushing with 11 carries for 34 yards. He also had two catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Procise kind of got in the mix finally. He finished with three catches for 65 yards, including a 46-yard reception in the second half. He added nine yards on four carries. After the past two weeks now, do we have more clarity in, in Seattle, or does this situation become more muddled again once Thomas Rawls is finally healthy? Well, Rawls wasn't on the injury report this week, so I'm assuming he's healthy. Uh, so he had, he played one snap. Trey Madden played one snap. Uh, Eddie Lacy did not play a snap. So you're looking at Carson with 56% of the snaps. Procise was 37% of the snaps. Uh, Carson had 65% of the touches. Procise had 35% of touches. So I think, I think we're looking at a Carson Procise backfield right now, unless, uh, you know, Carson struggles to run the ball. Uh, he did, not do that well against the Titans, 11 carries for 34 yards, but he did catch a touchdown pass. I think right now he's the RB one there and Procise is, is the change of pace third down back uh, type guy. And he, I mean, he had the three catches for 65 yards. So he made some plays in the passing game. And I think they're going to go with the uh, Carson Procise uh, backfield for now, unless Carson really struggles running the ball. Joe Mixon fans rejoiced uh, over the – I shouldn't say fans. Joe Mixon owners rejoiced with new offensive coordinator Bill Lazor running the show. Mixon rushed 18 times for 62 yards in the Bengals' loss to your Packers on Sunday. He also caught three of his uh, targets for an additional, additional 39 yards. Jeremy Hill got eight touches while Gio Bernard received only five, but he also scored a touchdown and a, and a really nice – um, I don't know if it was a – I can't remember if it was a reception. I think it was a reception that he caught and ran in. Can Mixon owners start to fire him up on a weekly basis now, John, now that Bill Lazor's call in place? Yeah, I mean, he had 18 rushing attempts. That's 64% of the rushing attempts. Uh, he had 62% of the touches, played 56% of the snaps. Uh, he's looking like a solid RB2 now. Uh, we'll probably have him ranked – anywhere from the 10 to 20 range, depending on the matchup and, and what's going on in the backfield. I think it's going to end up being Mixon and Bernard uh, as the two running backs. Jeremy Hill had seven carries for 23 yards, but just another, you know, three point, whatever 
yards per carry for him. And I think his playing time is the one that's going to get pinched, but uh, Mixon certainly, you know, just the way that they used him uh, and he looked really good. He had one play where he had two jump cuts right in a row and just let left a couple Packers just whiffing uh, uh, with trying to tackle. And that's not something that Jeremy Hill is capable of doing. So I think they see it just like we, just like we do uh, Mixon as the lead back and probably Bernard is the change of pace uh, th- uh, third down back. And then finally, let's talk about Washington. They pulled off a nice victory last night as a three-point dog versus Oakland with Rob Kelly out. Rookie Samaje P. Ryan rushed 19 times for 49 yards, and Chris Thompson had a hell of a night. He caught six passes for 150 yards and a touchdown. He added 38 additional yards on eight carries. He nearly had another touchdown on a screenplay late in the second half on a really long third-down attempt, uh, but he was caught from behind or inside the 15 or 10 yard line thoughts on Thompson and P Ryan with Kelly out. Well, uh, you know, Thompson, I think is the best running back there. I mean, I don't think there's I agree. Really, really much debate about that. The problem is what sort of workload are they willing to give him? They commented after the, uh, the Rams game that they, they have to watch his workload because he's not a guy who can carry, uh, you know, touch it, carry it, whatever, 15, 20 times he's going to break down. That's understandable, but you can still be a very highly uh, effective fantasy asset uh, on low touches, especially in PPR formats, and that's where Thompson shines. And then if you look at the, the touches against Oakland, uh, he had 14 touches uh, in Week 3 after having 13 touches in the first two games combined. So there definitely is a change there uh, where, where the Redskins are, are recognizing that he needs to touch the ball more, and, and, and P. Ryan wasn't really getting it done. I mean, 19 carries for 49 yards. Uh, is not uh, getting it done. So that's why I think you have Thompson now getting the eight carries for 38 yards in the in the rushing game in addition to his big role in the passing game. So I think you could fire up Thompson now uh, as a confident RB2 in most, in most weeks, and especially in PPR formats where he's uh, going to get you those four to six t- uh, carry uh, catches just like uh, Darren Sproles did in his heyday, uh, Theo Riddick, et cetera. Those, those, those uh, backs are so valuable. Uh, and that's why, you know, in draft season, uh, we're talking about maybe drafting one solid running back and then just drafting a bunch of these PPR guys uh, because you could fire them up on a weekly basis and you're going to get those four to six ca- uh, catches for, for 50 or 60 yards. Before we get into our Monday Night Football snapshot, uh, are there any players that we didn't discuss yet that could make for good waiver wire ads this week? Uh, yeah, Brandon Niles is working on the waiver wire watch uh, for the site. I'll edit it and put it, uh, uh, put the players in order, uh, and maybe adjust the prices if I if I see fit. Uh, he he and I kind of tag team that uh, project, and then uh, our rest of season rankings uh, are, are used, uh, or the waiver wire watch is also used in our rest of season rankings, uh, which come out on Tuesday. But uh, just a couple players we should mention: uh, Willie Sneed uh, is coming back from his. Uh, three-game suspension this week. Uh, I think uh, when this offseason started, we thought he would be uh, the number two receiver there uh, with Michael Thomas and playing the second most snaps. Then in the preseason, uh, Ted Ginn was getting uh, a lot of run uh, in two wide receiver sets with Snead on the sideline. Um, we don't know, you know, did that have anything to do with the suspension? Did we know that did the Saints know that the that Snead was going to get suspended, so they wanted to give again some extra run in the preseason? Uh, probably not. I mean, they probably want to use Ginn's speed to open up the, the the passing game a little bit. But I'm interested to see uh, how much Snead plays, especially in the first couple of weeks back. Uh, but I think Snead is a good fantasy asset. 
uh, especially in PPR formats. He's not a huge touchdown catcher, but uh, he'll catch a lot of passes for you. If he's still on the waiver wire, pick him up. Uh, Doug Martin uh, in shallow leagues might be out there in the waiver wire. Uh, he's got one more game on his suspension, then he comes back. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers has done nothing to uh, to win the job. So I think, you know, five carries, I think, for 15 yards last week uh, against uh, – the Vikings, so nothing special going on there. Uh, I think the Martin looked really good in the offseason. He's going to come back and maybe not see uh, 20 touches uh, the first game back, but he should be the lead back, I, I would ex- expect. And I just wanted to mention um, Austin Safarian Jenkins. They, they were talking about him uh, not being in uh, enough, in good enough shape to play uh, a big a big part of the game, and he ended up playing 76% of the snaps. He saw 22% of the targets, uh, five catches. He didn't have a huge game or anything, like five for 31, I think. Uh, but the, the role is encouraging, especially the, the market share of those targets. And then the Monday night football matchup tonight, pretty good one between the Cowboys and the Cardinals, albeit one where Dallas is coming off a, a road loss where they were embarrassed in Denver and Arizona without David Johnson has looked um, – woeful at times offensively, although Carson Palmer did have a big second half last last weekend in Indianapolis. What do you have your eye on tonight between the Cowboys and the Cardinals? Well, for the Cardinals, I'm interested to see how the, the backfield breakdown uh, shapes up. Chris Johnson's expected to be the lead back with probably Andre Ellington uh, as the third down back, and I want to see how that goes. Uh, Carson Palmer has a good matchup against the secondary, but his uh, receiving core uh, is banged up. Like JJ Nelson has got five catches and a touchdown in each of the first two games. Is he going to continue uh, his hot streak or, you know, he's got a hamstring injury. Does he end up not playing or is he limited? If he's limited, is it Jaron Brown that comes in and, and plays the most snaps and how does he do? Uh, and then for the, for the, for the Cowboys, uh, Des Bryant versus Patrick Peterson is the, is the matchup. And, um, you know, does has seen a ton of targets in the first two weeks. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott has force fed him the ball, even in bad matchups. I'm interested to see if that, if that continues. And then in the running back, uh, in the backfield, who's the, who's the primary backup to, uh, Ezekiel Elliott? We have another court date in a couple of weeks that we have to deal with. Uh, we, we're not sure if Elliott's going to continue to play the entire season. Uh, and, uh, DeMarco, uh, not DeMarco Murray, uh, Darren McFadden has been inactive the first two weeks. Uh, he's been inactive, so I forgot his name. Uh, and Alfred uh, Morris has been the active running back there after uh, McFadden played the entire preseason as the RB2. So I, I'm interested to see if he's uh, another healthy scratch. And, and what does that mean for this backfield? Who should who should owners have uh, in case uh, Elliott is uh, suspended and has to serve that six-game suspension this year instead of next year? Um, so... Uh, those are the those are the things I'm keeping my eye on tonight. Uh, does your guy have a pick, and how's he been doing? He's been doing well. Uh, I, I think he was four and two. He's got two systems called RP Excel and RP Excel Two. The, the website's RP Excel.com. He uh, uh, finished in the top ten against the spread from 2012 to 2015. I don't think he did last year after. Uh, I probably jinxed him by talking about his picks on the on the podcast, but uh, he was uh, in one system. He was four and two so far this week. That system has Dallas and the under uh, tonight, and then the his RP Excel two system, which he's testing to see if it's better. Uh, they were six and three, uh, looks like so far, and he just has the under. That system just has the under tonight with uh, 
with Arizona. What is the over-under tonight? Is it 47? I think it's 47 and a half last time I checked. Yeah, he likes the under in both of his systems and then Dallas in the other one. What about you? I like the Cowboys as well. It was a huge underdog day yesterday in the NFL. I think only one or two favorites covered, and I believe uh, Atlanta and Kansas City out of the favorites that did cover, I think those were the only ones that wound up winning. Uh, Green Bay also won outright, but they did they did they failed to cover. Uh, Tennessee was another one. Sorry, I, I forgot some of the late games. Anyways, huge underdog day in the NFL on Sunday. But I'll tell you what, I, I think Dallas bounces back tonight, John. That was a tough spot last week. A lot of people forget that Denver usually starts off well at home because the players aren't used to the opposing teams aren't used to the air uh, in Denver right away and. Denver usually has a lot of success at home. I, I didn't like them traveling cross-country yesterday to play Buffalo, and that wound up bearing, bearing itself out. Um, but to, to dive in more to the, the matchup, you know, Denver kind of exposed Dallas a little bit offensively last week. They sold out to stop Ezekiel Elliott in the running game, and then they dared Dak Prescott to beat him. Well, as good as Arizona is, they don't have three corners that can play man-to-man while the rest of the front seven and the safeties slow down Ezekiel Elliott in the running game. A lot of teams won't be able to do that. So long story short, I think Dallas bounces back tonight. I don't like Arizona's offense right now without David Johnson constantly uh, reshuffling the offensive line. We'll see if Mikey Potty plays tonight. I know DJ Humphreys is already out. Palmer has looked inconsistent at best behind a shaky offensive line. I don't think Dallas runs away. Arizona's got a lot of pride. They're well coached. But I, I do like Dallas laying the three points against the Cardinals tonight. So I, a rare road favorite that I like, John, on a Monday night. Yeah, I just went to the prediction tracker, which is uh... – PredictionTracker.com, which looks like it uh, keeps track of all the uh, uh, sites out there that pick games. And uh, this is through last week's data. So they also had a good, you know, RPXL also had a good week three. But uh, through last week, through two weeks, uh, RPXL was number one with 77% correct. And then RPXL two it was, uh, was third uh, was 74 or tied for second, actually, with 74% correct. So, so far, he's off to a real good start. Excellent. Well, great stuff as always, John. That'll do it for you and I. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll be back on Friday for our next edition of 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. Until then, good luck tonight.